This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. We are less than a week away from the 2016 presidential election. We get into it heavy on this episode with our final 2016 update that we will ever do on the podcast. We also get into a lot of interesting quick hits involving the UN, the Pirate Party, and a lot of drone talk. Yes, drone talk. Stick around. We got a good episode for you. This is the mandatory Samson podcast coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. My name is Christopher Flannery. I'm joined by Joseph Anthony Noe. Uh, welcome to the last episode before the 2016 presidential election. We have a few things to discuss. Hulk Hogan. Yes. The Pirate Party. Yep. The Bundy Brothers. Oh, yeah. The UN's Assad connection, which is a very interesting story that I think is going to play out over the next several months and years, obviously. Years? It's a, it's a long track with that. Drones. Mm-hmm. And of course, the final 2016 update ever the last one yeah the first one we did joey unofficially as i looked through my notes msp 27 the first 2016 folder like an official one wow msp 46 all right wow we've been on top of that it's a long process it's grueling dude it's 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 absolutely insane i mean we're on 103 episodes this is the 103rd episode we started in episode 20 think about that yeah and was 27 donald trump that early well, when did he blow onto the scene? Uh, I don't know. Let's let's take a look. Actually, that's a good question. I got my bookmarks here. I can take a peek real quick. I save. This is how insane I am. I uh-huh. save every bookmark from every episode. I have all of them. I have every folder that we did. Oh, that is awesome. It's pretty good. Yeah, I, I should have saved the notebooks because we could have eBayed them or something. But you know, that find it. We eBay them in about ten years. Well, they're gone. I mean, they're in the garbage. So, oh, uh, MSP 20, episode 27. It was a lot about Hillary beginning her campaign. Mm-hmm. Episode 28. Hmm, let's see. This is this is this is great radio. I actually have uh, then I have something about Bernie in episode 30. Well, whatever. OK, I don't know where Trump showed up, but it seems like not uh, not that early on. Joe, you got to talk to the people while I'm looking. I man. listen. I I love Trump. He's gonna win. The skies are gonna darken. Don't do in. that. Don't do that. Don't do that. We're gonna talk about it. Later. Well, Don't well, waste it. You t- tell everybody getting... how afraid you are right now. I'm not afraid. I mean, I wouldn't characterize how I'm feeling as afraid. I think there's a bit of trepidation. I have. We're gonna get into the whole thing because I had a bit of a crisis. Not a. What, what, what am I like a lifetime movie? I, I had a. I was thinking about it all week. Mm-hmm. You know, who am I gonna vote? For? I, I've been saying I'm going to vote for Jill Stein all along. Do I vote for Hillary? Do I not vote? Do I write somebody in? So we're going to have this whole conversation because I had a couple of, got some information this week where I was like, Ugh, I don't even know if I can vote for Jill Stein now. We're, we're going to have to get into it as the episode goes along. I don't know, Joe. I can't find when uh, when Trump showed up. All right. That's fine. It's okay. But whatever. All right. We're going to do our final, and it's a good one. It's a really good 2016 update at the, at the end of the program. Long. Got a lot of stuff. Got some clips. We're really going to talk about it because, again... 
we're five days away, really, from from a new president elect. So that, that's what we're dealing with. Would you agree that this is the most important election of our lifetime? That gets thrown around so yes, it often. Does. Um, I, look, this is there is real. There's real consequences to this thing because we, we've gotten to a point where through corporate media, through money and politics, a lot of people are disillusioned. There's a lot of people that don't know what's going on in the purest sense of that. They're uninformed or ill-informed or they're being lied to. And we've gotten to a point now where one of the major parties in this country, one of the two, you know, quote, legitimate parties that can actually take power, they've nominated somebody who actually can't do the job. I think we've been in the position before where people have run where you go, hey, silly, can't do it. This guy is silly and can't do it, but he's there. And Mm -hmm. he has a legitimate chance of becoming the president. Um, I think Hillary's still going to win. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that Trump could could win this thing. And then then we've gotten to a position where you've really elected somebody that can't do the job. So what does that say? We're either going to we're either going to veer off the cliff or we're going to find out that the presidency doesn't matter at all, which that opens a whole nother can That'd of That'd be groundbreaking. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that think that the presidency doesn't matter. Now. Fine. But we we're going to find out if Trump gets elected. If Hillary gets elected, I feel better about it. I think she'll keep the, you know, we were talking before the show, the walls will stay up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, she'll be able to keep keep the thing going. Um, but I do think that there's a whole host of other problems with Hillary Clinton. I think she is tied up with corporate interests i think she will get us into a war in the first four years of her presidency i think we'll be in syria and and then you're you know you're on the cusp of a a hot war with russia you know we're in a proxy war with them now in syria so Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of problems but again i I think (laughs) man we're in we're in a we're in very interesting times and we're again we're going to get into that as we go along uh, you know into the 2016 update the last one we're going to do joey let me ask you a question Mm -hmm. how long have we known each other 20 years 20, 21 years. Yeah, 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 a long time. Every November since 1985, mm-hmm. something happens. Okay. What happens? Thanksgiving, uh, right? Yeah, Thanksgiving. But not since 1985. No, but there's something specific that happens in the early yeah. part of November since 1985. I know where you're going with this. Where am I going? And all I'm going to say is Facebook didn't remind me. I don't have Facebook. Well, why don't you tell the people what... what did I get, let me ask you this before yes. we even reveal what we're talking about mm-hmm. being cryptic. I gave you a pair of jeans today. I just had a pair of jeans that I'm not going to wear anymore. They don't fix. I'm a, a fatty. I, so I gave them to you. They're going to fit you. I know mm-hmm. uh, that was nice. I gave you a gift. Yes. Thank you. What, what did you forget to say to me yesterday? Happy birthday. That's right. 20 years. We've known each other. Yes. November 2nd is my birthday. Uh-huh. I spoke to you on the phone as we do every Wednesday. I, I call, uh-huh. I go, hey, what do you got anything for the show tomorrow? We, we break it down. And you're just like, all right, I'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm. And I was like, son of a bitch. I was saving it for today. Guess what? Happy birthday. Yeah, you bullshit. <laughs> you, you completely <laughs> forgot. I did not forget. But Facebook didn't, just didn't tell me. Right. Remind you or let you know that it was my birthday. So you completely forgot your, your best friend's birthday. You're mm. my best man. And you forgot my birthday. That Shh, breaks my heart, Jack. Quiet. Don't let everybody know that. What? It's fine. It's. What do you have to say? Are you going to apologize? You I'm, did for, I'm you sorry did for not sending a text message. 
Yeah, I got texts from a lot of people. A lot of people wish me happy birthday. Absolutely. I, you know, your birthday is December 7th. Yes. And I know that because it's the worst thing that's ever happened on December 7th. Ah. Uh, uh, it's uh. also Pearl Harbor Day. No, but I'm never going to forget your birthday. You can think about how sad you'd be. I, your point has been well received, Christopher. I, I'd like the Samsonites to tell Joey that this was messed up, that he forgot my birthday. Uh, I do a lot for Joey, and he completely forgot me see, on my special day. See, see. My plan was to gonna hold out for a surprise party, but I just couldn't get enough people together to to surprise. <laughs> that it. I believe. That I believe that there was not enough people that wanted to celebrate my birthday. But you know, all right, Joey. Look, I'm gonna let it slide this year, but never again. Never again. All right. Yep. Gawker and Hulk Hogan, Joey. Uh, this whole thing that's been going on for a while. We talked about. I mean, you know, it's not the biggest story in the world, but we've talked about it on the show a yes. few times. After a years-long legal battle, Hulk Hogan will receive $31 million, and three stories about him will be removed from the Gawker website. Uh, congratulations, Hulkster. I'm, I'm upset he settled. I, I, I think he should have went for the 165 or yeah, whatever 30, it was. Whatever. I'd take 30. I'd take 30. It's fine. That's true. Um, all right. That's it. I mean, we didn't really have too much to talk about with that. I just wanted to bring it up because it is, you know, puts a little bow on something that we've talked about a few times on the show. It's an again. It's raised interesting questions about what is in the public interest. Like what 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 gives Gawker the right to put Hulk Hogan, you know, a sex tape of Hogan or anybody's personal information when it's not publicly relevant? Mm-hmm. What gives them the right to put it out there? I guess I don't really have a problem with this. I think the number one question is what does he do with the money now? Uh, mutual funds. Mutual funds. Yep. Twenty-two inch pythons. And he's going to be doing mutual funds. Well, that's the smart thing to do. Yeah. I mean, maybe he'll buy himself a car or something fancy, another, you know, headband or whatever he wears. But yeah, but what do you want him to do with it? It's $30 million. You know, put some of it away. Put a lot of it away. Hogan's got money to begin with. Yeah, he does. All right. Uh, pirate party, Joey. We talked yep. about this last week. I feel like I'm in a little, I don't know. I, you know, my heart still hurts from not receiving a birthday wish from my friend. So I'm a little, I'm a little out of it. Do you want me to sing you happy birthday? I don't have a cake to pop out. Would of, you? Well, here. Yeah, okay. We're going to get it. Yeah, you should sing me happy birthday. But we'll do that in a second. I was going to say, because you used to make a big deal about my birthday as a true friend. I have. Would you like to tell people what you did? We, we had the same class when we went to the same college. Yes, yes. We had an art history class. It's my birthday. I'm in class. I don't want to be a class. Joey's not there. Joey shows up late. So I'm like, this fucking idiot doesn't even show up on my i'm so pissed because you know we had a bunch of classes together i was like this sucks what am i gonna do all day 10 minutes into class joey walks in this is a big auditorium we're talking 100 people here what'd you do i brought you cupcakes i brought you cause it was it was great <laughs> yeah i he, stopped class had everyone wish you happy birthday <laughs> yeah it the was teacher great. did not care for that no she did not but whatever it was it was very cute yeah joey walked in he's like happy birthday like from the bottom of the thing <laughs> up up the stairs got cupcakes he brought me yeah what like a, a like a, a toy truck or something yeah I don't know. it was it was adorable but anyway so go ahead sing me Listen, happy birthday the reason i did this is <laughs> so next year i have 365 days to make your birthday no matter what i do next year it's going to be better than this year this is a well, gift. Well, it has to be, yeah. This is a oh, gift. Okay. So, so it's a hard reset, really. Yes. <laughs> yeah, low expectations. <laughs> Happy birthday, Christopher. <laughs> Happy birthday, Christopher. Uh-huh. Happy birthday. How old am I, Joey? You are 31. That's right. Okay. The Pirate Party, Joey. We talked about them last week. There was They were leading in the polls at that time. 
nobody really knew officially what was going to happen. Turns out the Pirate Party got 14.5% of the vote in Iceland's snap elections, called in the wake of the Panama Papers disclosures, their former prime minister, Segunder or something like that. Mm -hmm. He had like a ton of money tied up in off, you know, offshore accounts or whatever. And the Icelanders, Icelandic citizens were like, fuck that. And they called the snap election. He's out. So this is what the, the election was about. One in seven voters went pirate, helping the party go from three to 10 parliament seats out of the 63 total seats there. Um, the leading, the party that got the most votes, the Independence Party, which is a center-right party, got 29.1%, and the left-green movement got 15.8%, and they're obviously left and green. Uh, so they'll, they're, there's talk of a, obviously, no party got enough to like have a majority, so they have to form some kind of coalition. And there's talk that the Pirate Party will be a, a big part of that coalition, which is... Uh, that's huge. Yeah, it's really interesting, and that's cool. They got less than what they were polling. They were polling at like 18% before. 14 and a half is great. And now they have 10 members. That's the most members of any government that the higher party's ever gotten. That's great. Yep. But the important thing to keep in mind is they went from having three seats to 10 seats. Well, that's what I'm saying. In three right. years. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're a, you're right, a baby party relative, yes. you know, relative to the other ones. And it's real change. Well, I mean, there's again, it's a it's a much more modern party. It's a, it's a certainly a progressive party. They want to crowdsource the, the Constitution. They want to give Snowden um, you citizenship. Yeah. Well, asylum or citizenship, sure. Uh, you know, copyright reform. It's a very modern internet-based party, direct democracy. So it's good to see that taking shape in Iceland. And what is that? Are you tapping? Uh, yes. It's good to see it, that. What? It's my nervous tick. I'm, my legs are sw swinging back and okay, forth. Okay, well, stop it. Jesus okay. Christ. Uh, they're taking, so it's good. It's good to see a pirate party. I like, you know, I looked actually talking about like my, you know, crisis this week. Uh -huh. I looked, I was like, is the pirate party on the ballot in New York? They're not, unfortunately. No. I would have just gone pirate party. You could write them in. No, because that's, there's a whole thing about people are writing Bernie and don't write Bernie in. He's not really, he's not running. I'd love to be able to pull the lever for Bernie, but he's not, he's not there. I'm not just going to write a party and that didn't even get on the ballot. That's crazy. It's a symbol, bro. Kind of, it's a, yeah, I guess, but it's like you can tweet it, you can do the bunny, nah, and right. tweet it to everybody. Now nah, we'll talk about it in a little bit. No, I'm not gonna take a picture. I don't even think you're allowed to do that. People just, like Snapchat their vote. I don't think you're allowed to do arrest that. me. Yeah, well, I would love it if you got arrested. <laughs> Bernie has the same chance as Jill Stein, realistically. So no, that's not true. Bernie has a zero percent chance of winning. Jill Stein has it's a one percent. Statistically chance. zero. Yeah, statistically zero. Right. So that's <laughs> infinitely impossible. Uh, the Bundy brothers, Joe, you remember these fuckers? Yes. So this is an interesting story. It was when we talked about it at the time. And I think probably surprisingly to, to people that listen to the podcast, I was more supportive of this, the, the Oregon militia. All that is guys. true. You were. Um, and so now we got a wrap up pretty much this story. Last week, a jury found Eamon and Ryan, the brothers Bundy, not guilty not guilty of conspiring against the government after they led a takeover of Mahler National Wildlife Refuge in January, protesting grazing taxes and federal restrictions on use of public land near their ranch, the Bundy Ranch. Their dad, Cliven Bundy, was famously, uh, you know, a racist or whatever, but they, they were they were against, you know, they, they were making a claim that the government was infringing on their right to use public land and all that stuff. Yes. The incredible thing about this is, thank God, it went to a jury of the peers. 
Oh, a hundred percent. Because Absolutely. if it did not, they'd be rotting in jail right now. Yeah. Um, I got a reaction video we're going to play from some of their supporters. The oh my God. Qu- that's awesome. Yeah. We're going to play that. The question to me, and, and we'll get into this. We'll break it down a little bit more. Why are these protesters armed to the teeth? Okay. And Native American Dakota access pipeline protesters are not okay. These people are peacefully protesting. They don't have weapons. They're being maced. They're having dogs sicked on them. They're getting hit with batons. They're being strip searched, humiliated in jail. What's the difference? Skin color. Is it skin color? Right. I mean, you got to assume that that is a factor. Now, I'm not mad. Again, I think we talked about it at the time. I'm not necessarily mad that these protesters, the Bundy people, that they were able to do this. They're allowed to carry weapons. They're all legally holding those weapons. Mm -hmm. They have the right to protest. Yes. Okay, I, I don't see what the problem is. The problem is in Ferguson or in North Dakota, you see people's rights infringed upon. Yes. It is a skin color issue, I think. Uh, they We shouldn't get mad at these people for being able to get away with this stuff. We should be mad that everybody isn't treated to that standard. You know, that's the argument, really. You should be able to protest. Now, I understand they're out there with guns. It does seem like an implicit threat. Okay, but they have the right to have that. If you don't like the fact they can have those guns change the laws, they're not going to do it. So, you know, it's a little bit of a, an interesting situation. I want to play the reaction clip, but go, Joe. Before you do that, how interesting would it be if a certain supporters did show up with weapons and went out to the pipeline? Sure, go help those guys. Yeah. Well, right, and that's the question. Well, and here's the thing. If the Native Americans showed up armed to the teeth, you think it's going to end up being a, a peaceful solution? They're going to let them hang out there for 40 days and not? No, I don't believe that. There, there's other aspects of this. Well, and right, I agree, right. It's like, go help, go ahead, go help them. You yeah. guys want to, you guys want sovereign land and all this stuff? Go help. Yeah. Go help. It's the same thing when they showed up in Ferguson. You had these like armed people show up. They're just there to help the cops. It's like, the, you know, maintain order. Uh you're on the wrong side, bud. You need yeah. to. You your whole thing is against the government, but meanwhile you're going to help the local police for like. What are you out of your mind? Um, there's other aspects of this Bundy thing that came out in the trial where the government had spies essentially infiltrate the group. Yeah, which is questionable, and you know that that played a factor in why the jury probably found them, you know, not guilty of this. Conspiracy, conspiracy against the guy. I mean, that is what they did, though. <laughs> they did conspire against the government. I mean, that is what they were doing. So yeah, I believe the they charges, said something about grabbing their weapons. Yeah, the charges. They they had to have been found guilty on on some level, just based on what was charged against them. Now, do I think that's necessarily what they should have been charged with? Maybe not. I think they they were protesting, and you know, they maybe have a case there, but. It's a little suspect. They were found completely not guilty, like nobody. All right, play the video. Play the video. Uh, yeah, we could probably do the video. That's fine. Let me uh, let me get the video up right now, Joey. This is uh, it's a minute. These are just some people talking about the militia not being found guilty. Also, bear in mind these are Mormons. Okay. Oh. Yeah, they're very very religious. Mormon though. Uh, all right, here we go. This is reaction from the after the uh, not guilty verdict. 
they don't have that right to take our land. And, and we have to say we are so grateful for the patriots and for those. This is an acquitted defendant, Shauna Cox. She's one of the people that was, you know, on trial. Mm-hmm. Found it. Meanwhile, there's a guy behind her wearing a Hillary for jail 2016 shirt filming this. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Jurors who spent their time on, and, and we know it's a great sacrifice. And we are so grateful and we're in tears because we were so happy that they heard the truth. And they didn't, and they weren't uh, intimidated enough that they didn't come back with the uh, the right judgment. And we thank God for that. Oh, they're blowing a ram's horn. God is good. God is good. See that woman's going. God is good. God is good. If that was some Muslim dude, some Arab guy, everybody would be panicking. But it's yes. just white people with a shitload of guns, and they can say God is good. What do you think Allahu Akbar means? Same idea. Allah above everyone. You know, God is great. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And then I wanted to play it pretty much for that one piece of it where these are people that probably would be so against Muslims and radical Islam. But meanwhile, they're saying the same shit. They're just, it's they're on their side of the fence. So it's okay it because it's in the context. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes. right. Of course, everything in a context. Yeah. One thing that made this case unique is that really this was a case about people's um, political, moral convictions and so uh, there was a real sense of unity among all of the people who were charged in the case uh, they would not have tolerated any sort of dissension or finger pointing and I think that made us strong as a unified team alright that was one of the attorneys so anyway I wanted to play for that God is good thing but mm-hmm. thoughts Joey Matt you got any thoughts on this because you weren't here when we talked about it initially I have strong thoughts about these people that don't necessarily go along with what you think. I think the, I think uh, the Clive and Bundy thing from the beginning was just I'm entirely against them. I think it's anarchy. I believe you can like if the federal government is cu- trying has agents that are trying to do something. If you hold them at gunpoint and win, you're a terrorist. That's like if you're hold, if you're holding federal agents at gunpoint. Well, they didn't hold federal agents. That's at gunpoint. I mean that's they held off the, the federal agents coming to seize the. Seize the cattle or whatever at the very beginning. Well, no, but then I'm talking about the, yeah. the Mahler cattle. I mean, they I, didn't. I mean, you know. I'm going back to the yeah, initial yeah. Clive and Bundy thing. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a t- that's I think a he, story. And I mean, from my recollection, I, uh, I, the whole Oregon thing was they were, hope they took over government land illegally. Like that's still. Well, what they were saying. Here's the thing. They're saying that their ranch has been there longer than those regulations have been there. And they let their cattle graze on the land that the federal government then came in and was like, well, this is actually federal land. Now you have to pay us taxes for grazing on it. And they're like, go fuck yourself because we've already been here. That's really the the crux of the argument. You know what I mean? And, and if it's public land, why does the government get to tell whoever that they can't utilize that land if it's for the public? But I also understand then it's for everybody and not just for cattle ranchers. So, you know, and there it's a complicated There needs to be land maintenance. There's, right. all these var- there's various other issues that just... You can't just, but one person has what can do whatever they want there. No, you need to actually. There are restrictions, and the cost of a society is taxes. Like, if you no, want, absolutely yes. No, I agree. Right, right. But they do have the right to protest. You know what I mean? And that's I, I that's believe, sort of where I draw I, the line. I, I fully believe in the right to protest. I disagree with the right to violently protest. I believe. Yeah. That, like, I, I hear you, but be careful with the word violent because yeah. they weren't violent. That's the thing. They they had guns, which seems like a threat. But if they're legally allowed to carry those guns openly, then. But if you you're know. if you're telling someone, if you're telling a federal agent, no, get back. I have this gun. I'm ready to use it. It's still a threat, even if you don't actually fire. Well, that's fine. Though they should get arrested at that point. 
that's, yeah, uh, that's, certain that's, where, that's where I stand on this. So. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's also interesting just from the perspective, again, like you're saying before, there's other protests that we've seen, different skin colors, different outcomes. And, you know, th- these guys were able to just stand, uh, stay on public land, you know, at a, at a refuge for 40 days with guns. They had all their food. They set up. They destroyed some property. And nobody other than Lavoie Finnicum, the video mm-hmm. we watched, uh, got killed or really injured at all. You know, and now they got away with it completely. So it's interesting. And I think it just raises the question of what protests do we allow in this country why do we allow them what skin color do we think is okay to you know what well, I mean? well like, uh, like i'm not even sure the difference is comes down to skin color i think part of part of it has to be that uh you when you bring in guns you're going to get the nra getting involved you're going to get a very large lobby that gets people all fired up and yeah. it'll get go beyond just the regular issues and bring up second men people arguing over second amendment issues with just confuses things and confuses the issues a little bit yeah it definitely that's, is, a, that's not going on in, in north dakota is the thing right well that, that that's a factor too but i think if you had you know a, a big group of legal black gun owners in ferguson show up to a protest with a bunch of guns i think they'd be dead yeah that's <laughs> i mean I, I have to believe fair, that fair, fair point that, you know because we even saw it in those videos recently where the guy legal he's like hey i i have a gun in my um you know my glove compartment i'm i legally am allowed to have it and the, the cop panicked and shot mm-hmm. him so you know whatever we, we've seen that, that happen. that's true by the way i want to mention matt a couple of nice comments on the soundcloud people are like this kid's producer's killing it it's oh like yeah you're doing a nice job trying yeah that's right thank you <laughs> thank you fans so back to listeners. what i was we, saying we don't like to listeners. say fans, you know samsonites whatever. samsonites there you go so earlier when i was mentioning about the uh being uh tried by a jury of a few, of your peers sure, this yeah. is what Joe. I'm Gerald peerless, Joey, so I'd be screwed if I went on trial. Wrote in an email to the Oregon newspaper. Yeah. It show it should be known that all twelve jurors felt that this verdict was a statement regarding the various fellows of the prosecution to prove conspiracy in the account itself. Right. And not any form of affirmation of the defense's various beliefs, actions, or aspirations. Well, yeah, right. I mean the lo- you know, the, absolutely right the, the, hey, you have to be objective it's not by saying that they didn't conspire doesn't mean that you go yeah we liked that they did that you're just saying you didn't prove that and, they conspired and, mm-hmm. and, and acquittal is not a statement of innocence it's you were not proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt right right which people point you know oj it's like yeah okay he was found not guilty but nobody really they just didn't prove that he did it although i gotta be well whatever i'm not gonna get into the oj thing <laughs> yeah please that. don't do that. uh <laughs> Forget it. Um, all right. Any final thoughts on that? Because I want to move on. This next thing is really interesting. And this is something that factors in. All of it factors in. But this is something that really factors into um, the next president. The next two stories do before we get to the the update. Do you have any final thoughts on this? Let's get into it. Go ahead. UN, the United Nations, and the Assad regime. This is something I read maybe last week. According to an exclusive Guardian report through leaked UN documents, the UN has hired many friends and family members of Syrian President Bashar al-Assad as part of its relief operation in the country. One former UN manager said, at least one direct relative of a Syrian official is in every UN agency. Hmm. Yeah. We, we have a special word for that. Do you know what that's called? Nepotism? Yes. 73 aid groups have suspended cooperation with UN's information sharing system in Syria until an inquiry is made into this situation. Two thirds of emergency health supplies have gone to government held areas. 13% have gone to opposition areas. Now, part of the, before we jump on Mm -hmm. that, 
part of the reason is government held areas are more secure. Yeah, that was what I was And there's say. more of a chain of command so that you can actually drop off that, you know, aid. But 60 something percent, 65% of all the aid that's going into Syria is going to government held areas. It's very suspicious. And again, this is Syria is a major topic that's going to take place, you know, over the next few years. It's a proxy war. And, you know, who who do you actually want at the helm uh, when this shit goes down and when these problems arise? Somebody that actually has any experience, any, you know, geopolitical knowledge or just a guy that, you know, wants to build a wall? Well, what do you want to do? Uh, I, I, I think it comes down to individuals that have the uh, experience factor. Yeah. The only question is, it, was it a situation where with LinkedIn, it tells you who the family members were and they got a one up? Well, what they said, the UN essentially was like, we don't look into, you know, they're just judging the candidate based on who the candidate is. They're not going, well, he's related to Assad, so he can't do the job. But I think that's a little short sighted in a situation like this where the leader of Syria is attacking his own people, gassing, you know, destroying Aleppo. Aleppo's two to three weeks away from being completely destroyed. You know what I mean? Like a city that does not exist anymore. So you probably should look into whether the people that you are sending into that area to help those people is related to the guy that's attacking those people. You know what I mean? It seems a little suspicious. Well, it's not necessarily nepotism. It could be that most people, like, people who aren't on the government side don't have the luxury to think of, I'm going to go to the UN and try to help out. It's the people who are in the regime can say, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the time and try to do a, do some charitable action because I'm in this luxurious spot. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I, I can't imagine there's any part of Syria right now that's like luxurious, but I get your point but though. They have, right. They're yes. in a better state. Yeah, absolutely. People that, that have connections to people in power, have a better education or have a better, you know, and they have more stability. Standing. They have more absolutely. stability and are able to do that. A hundred percent. So there's a little bit of gray area there, but it seems like it's an inside man though to me. Yeah. Every agency has at least one person related to a Syrian official. It's like, that's, that takes it to an extreme. And the people that are getting hurt here are children. People are getting killed, you know. It's women a, and children. Yeah, I mean, not just women and children. You know, there's there's young men that are getting killed. You know, there's a lot of people that are getting killed there. Elderly people are getting killed in Syria. It's a, you know, 400,000 people or something in, in, since this started four or five years ago. It's a lot of people. And Hillary wants to go in and create safe zones, no-fly zones. V- Almost impossible to do that without U.S. troops. Almost impossible to do that without coming into conflict in some physical way with Russia. We're going to be in a war with Syria, for sure. Trump doesn't understand the situation at all. He's talked about, uh, I guess, doing the same things that Hillary wants to do. How he would do that, I don't know. He doesn't trust the generals. He doesn't take advice from anybody. So well, Because he knows more than the generals do. You know... Well, yeah. Here's something else that I think has gotten lost in the shuffle. Who is Trump going to appoint to do certain jobs in his administration? Rudy? Chris Christie? Who's going to be involved in this thing? Those are people that are going to be running the world. I think, do you trust those people? Uh, the people that are probably going to get there are going to be the people that donated to his campaign. Well, yeah, of course. But Okay, but what I'm saying is what are the the the... the mentality and the orthodoxy and the yeah the caliber the the ability of the people that trump is going to appoint though they're they're scary as fuck because he's he has to rely on them he doesn't know what's going on he can pretend and talk a big game that 
you know, look, I, just, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm a great businessman. He has to rely on these people. He has the best people. And if he doesn't rely on them, then you have a guy that does not know anything guessing about what to do in these circumstances. And that's horrifying. I, I take my chances with the, uh, you know, w- with Hillary, who's going to be in the pocket of big business and lobby. Okay. That we've already played that game. We've continued to play that game. It's a complete unknown. If you let Trump take over and it's not a joke, what happens if, you know, well, whatever. I mean, we're not going to paint apocalyptic visions, but Russia having a, a really, strong foothold in the middle east and syria because he's going to take advantage of trump there's no way he wouldn't um you know you're playing a much different game for the next 15 20 years it's not just the four years that trump would be in office or the eight years would be shocking if if he was in for eight years but you, you know what i mean it's like you're endangering everything and especially in syria it's a real serious problem and the next story we're going to talk about which None of this shit really got talked about at all during the debates. Doesn't get talked about during the week. It's, nope. you know, Trump's a rapist, Hillary's email. None of the conversation is about the job we're actually tasking them with that they're supposedly able to do, you know? Um, all right. Drones, jobs, and drone jobs, which I was Ooh. pretty happy with that little <laughs> wordplay. Uh, the U.S. military, Joey, according to, and Matt, According to documents obtained by The Intercept through a freedom of information request, is building a $100 million drone base in Agadaz, Niger, a sign that experts say signals an emphasis on counterterror in North and Western Africa. Meanwhile, the Obama administration has set aside $2.2 million to train former coal workers from five counties in Virginia to fly drones, preparing them to become leaders in the, quote, emerging drone industry all right so you're telling me that the only qualifications these people have is that they happen to be former coal workers well no that doesn't qualify them what what the they're taking some of the former coal workers because uh-huh. we talk about it all the time yes where clean coal we got to rebuild the coal industry no we need to move on from the coal industry so you do have to train those people that work in that industry to do something uh-huh. part of the obama administration plans to set aside 2.2 million dollars train people from five counties in virginia to fly drones that's part of the plan now good or bad it is a plan to do something with with people leaving the coal industry this is this is the future of the country, right? And it's not necessarily military. It could be to train them to deliver packages or, or okay. do different things. You know, they'd be able to operate drones, but they'd be at the forefront of that. And it's an interesting, you know, it kind of ties into this. I want to say this about the Agadaz drone base that we're building, $100 mm-hmm. million. Boko Haram is the big group that's there. That's the terrorist group that's there. That's essentially who we're attacking with drones at this point. Um, but... Bigger picture, Niger is the only country willing to allow the MQ-9 Reaper drone, which is larger, potentially more lethal, better, you know, just a bigger, badder drone, essentially. We use Predator drones everywhere else. Niger is the only country that allows the Reaper drone, and coincidentally, that's where we're building a $100 million drone base. So we are building killing machines. Well, I mean, we've been building killing machines, but yes, but this is another, this is a bigger, badder killing machine. And Niger, again, is the only country in the region that will allow that to be, you know, stored at the drone base that we're building. So look, that's what Obama has doubled down on the, the drone war. You know, mm-hmm. he, he and Biden had talked about it before they, they both got elected, that that was the way that they were going to do this. That was going to keep troops off the ground. You can be more surgical with it. 
we know that we've killed scores of civilians in different countries all over the world, which certainly doesn't help our cause as like the, you know, the protectors of the world. But this is what the Obama administration has, has paid into. We're building a base. And I got to imagine that Hillary Clinton, because we have to start thinking in these in these contexts, Hillary will continue this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's ran on continuing the Obama administration's legacy. That's what she's talked about. And Trump, I can't imagine that he would turn down killer robots, right? I mean, this, this seems like right up his alley. <laughs> uh, I want to know why it's being done over there and not in Nevada. Why are we outsourcing? Closer. What do you mean? What, why, why are we outsourcing what? Why are we doing the program over there? Well, no, we're not. We're doing the learn to fly drone program here, but we're building the drones should be there because that's where we're launching them. Yeah, but shouldn't we be building the drones in in America? Well, they're not building the drones there. Do you think just African kids are building these drones? No, they're probably being built in Sweden or something. And the base is being built there. Probably built in China, actually. Yeah, China, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which we're then going to use against China in a, in World War Three. It's yeah. This is the White House statement on the teaching the Virginia coal miners, the former Virginia coal miners. The award will enable Mountain Empire Community College to offer courses that train students, including former coal industry workers, to operate drones and drone sensors to provide commercial and government services, including geospatial surveys, close-up inspections of fixed structures, and mapping. The award will train 64 new workers, leverage $15 million in additional investment, and enable a private aerospace company in the region to perform work on a major contract, thereby creating 210 new direct and indirect jobs. <clears throat> so while we could be training these former coal workers to manufacture solar panels, install, you know, wind turbines or whatever, we're like, learn to fly these drones. Cause I think we're going to be using a lot more of them, uh, you know, in the future to deliver things, to do surveys, to create war. And so that's what we're doing. It's an interesting thing because Hillary has run on, we're not forgetting coal country. Trump has talked about, you know, rebuilding the industry. Um, Obama already has a bit of a plan in place. Do we think it's the right plan? I don't know, but it is at least something to do with these people instead of just pulling the rug out from under them and, you know, leaving them to do nothing. I, I see. I really hate this drone thing because I always keep on thinking back that they're going to test it over there and then bring it over here. And it's going to be a whole RoboCop type situation. There's no question that you know, our police departments and you're, you're going to have drones flying all over the place soon. I I mean, I, it's too easy for companies to deliver things using them. It's cost efficient. It's also really easy to keep track of people. We saw, we saw it during the protest. There were drones flying over Ferguson equipped with infrared sensors, technology that they were able to look into people's homes without a warrant. And obviously that raises a lot of questions. They're collecting information on these people. Yeah, absolutely. Drones are going to be probably a problem for this current, you know, the next president we're going to have. It's going to be a situation where you're going to you're going to see a dramatic increase in the amount that that fly over our cities. You know, it just scares the shit out of me. Well, yeah. And don't. Well, why does it scare the shit out of you? Well, because there is no privacy. There's like not to mention if they equipped it with the capability to fire, it's over. Well, and that's going to happen. I mean, of course that's going to happen. Police departments are, are already putting in requests for drones that have, you know, guns mounted on them and things like that. Of course. I mean, I can't see gun mounted, uh, guns mounted on drones in America before we get just uh, surveillance cam ones, but 
Yeah, no, but surveillance drones, I mean, that's 100% going to happen. But yes, I mean, there will be weaponized drones in this country. Absolutely. But I mean, I, like, I'm sort of torn over the idea of like surveillance drones drones in America. It's kind of terrifying to have the idea of like being watched constantly. I see where Joe is coming from that, in that respect. But it's sort of a debate of how you feel the legal system in this country can hold up, whether we will be able to say, no, that's not admissible if you don't have a warrant, and whether we can maintain that. Well, not with these two. Not with these two. Absolutely not. And think about this. Do you think it's going to maybe become a Supreme Court issue? Who do you want? Who do you want naming one of those <laughs> one or two or three of those justices? Trump, Hillary. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure drones will become a Supreme Court issue. I'm, right. I'm, I'm sure surveillance is it's a hot topic, and I mean, we're uh, we're going to have to deal with these issues like, like 1984 type stuff. Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think our legal system is already failing in terms of being able to, you know, protect privacy rights. We've seen it. Uh, a number of times with the FISA court where you can go in because it's, it's information that is supposedly, you know, classified or top secret information. It stays there. There is nobody advocating on the side of the American public. You have a, a person go in there, apply for a warrant to, to go search somebody or wiretap them or whatever. And it never becomes public. So we are already seeing that happen. And I think you're going to see it happen uh, with domestic drones as well. So, it is it is a 1984, it is a surveillance state type of thing, and it is something to be concerned about. The way to solve that is to get money out of politics, to stop letting corporations run our democracy, and then be able to you know nominate and elect people that actually represent us as opposed to these interests. And, you know, it's another, at least another four years, probably eight years, uh, before anybody gets in there that will do anything about that situation. And the longer it goes, the less likely it is that we're going to be able to overturn any of this stuff and, and really return this democracy to the citizens of the country, you know? Uh, yes. It's a mouthful, my friend. Yeah, but that's the truth. And, and that's, you know, that was what was important, why we've been talking about this shit since, you know, episode 26 and why we've been covering all the debates and hearing what these people have to say. I, I don't have a lot of faith in, and I don't have a lot of faith in Hillary and I'd have no faith in Trump that they're going to do anything about this. And we'll see, even though Hillary has paid lip service to the idea of, you know, overturning citizens United and whatever, but that's almost impossible to do. Uh, you know, constitutes it constitutionally ban it. That's not going to happen. That, that's not even within the, her power. Like it, it's, like the only way you can get that done is through the through Congress and the Senate. Yeah, or, the Congress and the states. Or the state, yeah, or the states yeah. can. Well, yeah, but I mean, theoretically, she could campaign. Yeah, she, for, for it, she, you she know, can be but, right. But, she can whip votes. She can yeah. be a loud voice, but she has no actual power. Over yeah, it. no, absolutely right. So that's a, so right. I don't think she's gonna be able to get anything done but there. She couldn't even sign. She wouldn't even be signed. That's not even a bill you signed to power. That's no, just, no, you need two thirds of the states, I believe, to ratify it or whatever, and then two thirds of Congress also to even get it to the point where it can be a, a vote with the state. But, all right, that's all <laughs> much more complicated thing. But right, but but point being. Neither one of these two people is going to to move the needle in terms of getting, you know, fixing the democracy. That's a silly thing. And again, we're going to get into the final 2016 update in a second here. But that is the the. I don't want to use the word trick, but that is the misnomer about Trump. And I think why a lot of people are supporting him. They're diagnosing things correctly. The government is not the elected officials are not working for the people anymore. They're not percentage are but by and large the government and the people that work in the government are working for moneyed interests and corporations and big business and and that's what it is 
people that are voting for Trump are diagnosing that correctly. However, their mis their their solution to the problem is, well, it's just because we we elected the wrong people. No. You're never going to get to elect the right people because they're never going to get nominated because they're all beholden to these these interests that you're, you know, correctly seeing. The, I, I wish those people had looked at it right because truthfully, Bernie Sanders was the guy that was going to do something about this. But So it's kind of like somebody has a cut and you want to put like Neospawn on it, but instead with Trump, we're just going to cut the finger off? I don't know if that's the right analogy. I mean, essentially it's, no, your finger, you, you reach for a door, you know, and your finger keeps getting cut on the door. And instead of being like, oh, it's because there's a there's a, a crack on the side of the door that I keep cutting my finger on. They're like, well, these, these, this fucking door is painted the wrong color. It's like, no, but that's not the problem. You, you are understanding that it is coming from the door, but you're you're misdiagnosing what the actual problem is about that door, you know? And, and also, I think, like, the people don't go into politics necessarily because they want to be bought, by, bought and sold by, by corporations. It's more that that's just a symptom where you've created we've created this system that if they want to get reelected they need to fundraise do so yeah. much fundraising that if they want to have a chance of even being in Washington and getting work done they need to take money from corporate interests yeah no doubt so about it the, it's the system that needs to change I don't think there's inherently evil people that are in Washington I yes I mean that's a great point I do think there probably are inherently okay. but but I understand your point absolutely right it's not that but that's what I'm saying about people that are voting for they're looking at Trump as like this is the guy all these other guys and women that we've elected like they're the problem no it's the system itself yes, exactly. it's, it's the way by which you get elected it's the only way you can do it is to suck the corporate teeth you know what I mean and, and get the money from them and then you get all this lobbying money and all the shit pouring in Yes, absolutely. And the corporate media is so complicit in the two-year election cycle and all this stuff. It's about ratings and entertainment. It's not about actually electing somebody that's going to do something to benefit the the you know the people by and large. You're absolutely right, Matt. I mean, the, that's the point I'm trying to make, right? Uh, Joey, mm -hmm. would you like to get into the final 2016 update that we're ever going to do? Yes, the final one. In a bizarre twist, FBI Director James Comey sent a letter to FBI employees announcing a possible supplemental investigation of tangential emails oh, okay, related yeah. to Hillary Clinton's private server case, which led to zero charges, mind you. Okay, This is James Comey's letter to FBI employees. I guess last Friday this came out, and then we're going to break it down a little bit as to why this is... Uh just a stunning, you know, uh, I can't think of the word. A stunning, Mistake? Fuck up? No, no. Uh, uh, what is the uh, Whatever. It's a stunning thing that has happened, uh, you know, days before the election. This is James Comey to FBI employees. A stunning development <laughs> to all. This morning, I sent a letter to Congress in connection with the Secretary Clinton email investigation. Yesterday, the investigative team briefed me their recommendation with respect to seeking access to emails that have recently been found in an unrelated case. Because those emails appear to be pertinent to our investigation, I agreed that we should take appropriate steps to attain, obtain and review them. Of course, we don't ordinarily tell Congress about ongoing investigations, but here I feel an obligation to do so given that I testified repeatedly in recent months that our investigation was completed. Now, we're going to get into that. That's a very interesting because he's only decided to brief Congress twice in his tenure. Both times during an election season, both times about Hillary Clinton's emails. Mm. Oh, okay. So now the FBI just wants to be forthcoming about it. Okay. So brief them about everything. There's a public interest exception. There's got to be more things that the FBI is looking into that has a public interest. Right? 
I think it's better that we don't know about them. Well, yeah, bury your head in the sand, uh, ostrich. I also think it would be misleading to the American people were we not to supplement the record. At the same time, however, given that this is the important part. However, given that we don't know the significance of this newly discovered collection of emails, I don't want to create a misleading impression. In trying to strike that balance in a brief letter and in the middle of an election season, there is a significant risk of being misunderstood, but I wanted you to hear directly from me about it. So essentially, he's like, listen, we maybe have found some new emails based on some other shit that we're working on. I don't know what's in those emails. It might have to do with this. It might not. But I'm just letting you know we're pro- we're going to look into them and we might have to add to that past investigation where we said that Hillary, even though she was careless, uh, she didn't do anything illegal. <laughs> so he's just like, we, we maybe have more here, which so, is such fucking. Okay. Gotcha. So we're saying that he wrote a letter telling them that there might be more emails because if he didn't write the letter, that would come out. No, it wouldn't come out. What he's saying is, I had to let you know about this because obviously we're a couple of days away from an election. If I don't tell you this, and then three weeks from now, I come out and I'm like, hey, we found the smoking gun. I'm going to look like a real piece of shit. So I wanted to let you know, Congress, that we are looking into it. I don't know what it's going to amount to. Maybe it doesn't amount to anything, but you should know that we are working on something. So in case, you know, you were thinking about voting for Hillary or supporting her, I don't know. You know, there could be more. I don't know. So he's just covering his own ass. Well, it's political, Joey. I mean, we we can just call it what it is. It's fucking political. He's not covering his own ass. He's being, it's political. It's political what he does. They never do this. They never talk about an ongoing, we're going to get into it. They never talk about an ongoing investigation. He doesn't even know what these emails are. And now since this letter, there's been reporting about it, which I'm going to get into. This is a political move. And it seems like it did help Trump's case a little bit, which I have to question if you're a guy in government like Comey. You have to know that Trump shouldn't be president. You have to believe. I mean, you are putting the blinders on in the worst way. (laughs) If you're if by doing this, you're trying to keep Hillary Clinton from becoming president. You're really it's dastardly. It's insane. Matt, I feel like you were trying to say something there. Uh, I mean, you kind of covered it. I mean, okay. Well, we're going to keep getting yeah. into it. You got any thoughts on this before I talk about the other information that's come out after this goddamn letter? Now, hit me with the more information. The uh, Associated Press, quoting an anonymous source, said the new emails did not come from Hillary's server, but rather devices belonging to Clinton aide Huma Abaddon, discovered as part of an ongoing investigation into her husband, Anthony Weiner, mm-hmm. for allegedly sexting a minor. You're laughing at Weiner? Mm-hmm. It's fine. You should. Uh, for allegedly sexting a minor. Also, the LA Times reported that the emails very well may be duplicates and that they were not to or from the presidential frontrunner Hillary Clinton. So to review, James Comey comes out on Friday. Hillary's got a huge lead. It's basically salted away. It's over. She's just counting down the hours until she can rip the pantsuit open and scream, I did it! I broke the glass! He releases a letter being like to everybody, by the way, to Congress. I'm doing air quotes. Right. But obviously everybody's going to know. Uh, hey, we, uh, we found some other emails. <laughs> Turns out none of these emails came from Hillary's private email server, which is what the previous investigation was all about to begin with endangering national security. So if they're not on that server, irrelevant, they don't go to Hillary or from Hillary, and if they did, it's a pretty high possibility that the government has already looked at them. The FBI has already looked through those emails. 
So what the fuck are you talking about? What is this investigation? It's nothing. This is not relevant information. It's not pertinent information. There's not going to be a smoking gun there. They don't involve Hillary Clinton. So what is the issue? I don't understand why he would even come out and mention this. It's not relevant to the current election at all. If these, if this is true, which these are coming from the AP and the LA times, these are legitimate sources. He's been in cahoots with Donald Trump and Trump promised him a spot on the cabinet. He's already there. He doesn't need it. He's already the FBI director. That's not how it works. It's not a cabinet. He's the head of the FBI. This is Hillary Clinton's response to the Comey letter. This was day, you know, a couple hours after the letter came out. I thought a smart move by Hillary, the only move she could really make. Uh, let's listen to what Hillary Clinton had to say about this letter, uh, you know, a couple hours after it came out. I think the right move. We have not been contacted by anyone. Uh, first, we knew about it is, I assume, when you knew about it, when uh, this letter uh, sent to Republican uh, members of the House was released. So we don't know the facts, which is why we are calling on the FBI to release all the information uh, that it has. Right, which is the only thing she could do at that point. She knows that nothing's going to come out. There's nothing in there. So what she needs to do and what the Democrats have been trying to do, we still haven't gotten this done. I'm saying we. I I just mean it has not happened. I'm not a de- you know I'm not like saying oh, oh it's the Democrats but the Democrats are working. You made it pretty clear not uh, in in tow with the party line. <laughs> I de- I am in yeah, tow I mean, with you, the party you're, line. You're pretty clear not. <laughs> oh 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 right. I was like no I'm not yeah okay. yeah <laughs> uh, right. But anyway, but so the Democrats are making this point of like get that information out there. We're days away from an election. If you have some shit to say, say it, motherfucker. Put the cards on the table. It hasn't happened yet. Um, okay. So that's what Hillary's asking for, and that's the right move because she knows there's nothing in there. And best case scenario, they put the emails out, and you go, "Oh, okay, there's nothing there," and she gets exonerated, or whatever. Okay, but they're not going to put anything out before this election. Uh, even Director Comey noted that this new information may not be significant, so let's get it out. You know, I think people a long time ago made up their minds about uh, the emails. I think that's factored into. Uh, what people think, and uh, now they're choosing a president. So We have 538 information that we're going to get into. So I would urge everybody to get out and vote early in all the states that uh, have early voting because I think Americans want a president who can lead our country, who can get the economy working for everyone, not just those at the top, and who can bring our country together. I offer that. I can do that. Uh, and I'm very confident that the American people know that. And uh, we're going to continue to discuss what's at stake in this election because I believe uh, that it's one of the most consequential elections ever. You know, we've heard these rumors. We don't know what to believe. And I'm sure there will be even more rumors. That's why it is incumbent upon the FBI to tell us what they're talking about, Jeff. Because right now, your guess is as good as mine. And I don't think that's good enough. So we've made it uh, very clear uh, that uh, uh, if they're going to be sending uh, this kind of letter uh, that uh, is uh, only going originally to Republican members of the House, that they need to share whatever facts they claim to have with the American people. And that. Okay. So, right, which, correct, that's the only thing she could do at that point is to be like, put the cards on the table and let's see what you got. They're not going to do that. And the reason they're not going to do that is because it's better to be like, I wonder what's in those emails. You know, yeah, it it's just cre- creates doubt. Okay. Democrats uh, led by Harry Reid have said that Comey may have violated the Hatch Act. 
uh, and a bit of the Hatch Act, it is it limits the political activity of federal employees from using their authority or influence to interfere with or affect the result of an election. Which, I mean, by definition, he did. The, he did. Yeah, I mean, so. I, you you can see from poll numbers that he affected this. <laughs> I mean, really, the only uh, question is whether it was intentional, but. Sort of seems like it. Yeah, it absolutely seems. I mean, but you, how do you, you prove that? Well, you can prove it in the absence of him doing it in any other context. He he's only done it here. There's information, according to a lot of articles that I've read and a lot of different sources, that there is an an investigation the FBI is doing into Trump and his relationship with Russia. That there is information there. Why isn't he briefing anybody about that? Why isn't he putting a letter out being like, hey, just so you know. We're investigating a bunch of shit between Trump and, and Russia. They're not doing that. The only thing they come out and say is, "There more emails." Hillary. Yeah, there's I, more emails. I mean, playing devil's advocate, sure. like, I can see where he wants to say, "Okay, this is something that has been a major campaign issue." I want to by one but, side. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's undoubtedly been a major campaign issue, right? And I understand, like, okay, there's this idea we should put the cards on the table and say that this is technically ongoing again, even though it never technically got closed. It was just. Nothing new was coming. Well, up. no, it did get close because they had. He said, "We're not going to br- bring charges against Hillary Clinton. She was careless. She did this shit and that shit, but no reasonable person could bring charges against her." But the, there's no official opening or close. Like there's no never yeah. an official closing. It's like a case stays open in the event that new evidence. Yeah, does but to me, arrive, him making yes. up, you know, him doing that press conference and saying like, "We're not going to bring charges," like that does. I understand what you're saying, but that does that does close it in my mind. Um, you know, the other problem is if you're going to do it. If you think it's this pertinent, publicly relevant information, f- fine, I guess. But you have to come with the information then. You can't just be like, hey, we're working on it. I don't know when we're going to get this done. But, you know, have fun voting on Tuesday. We'll let you know. Like, you can't do that. You have to. You you have an obligation then if this is this super critical information. It has to get out there. You can't just let it hang for, you know, six days now. Well, here's the other problem, too, is the way he released it being on a Friday at the end of the news cycle. Well, he released it early enough. I hear it was early on Friday. But, yeah, it's you know, odd on a Friday. Right. Well, because nobody's going to do it on over the weekend. And then you're what? You're six days away, seven days away from, you know, you vote on Tuesdays. Nothing's going to happen on Monday. That's going to be crazy. So, yeah, I mean, it's, but, but again, right. But then you can prove, <laughs> you can kind of say, well, obviously this is a bit of a political move. No. Yeah. Uh, this is a justice, this is an anonymous justice department official. And then we'll go on to the poll numbers and, you know, I'll talk about my voting crisis. We reminded director Comey quote, that we don't comment on an ongoing investigation and we don't take steps that will be viewed as influencing an election. Director Comey understood our position. He heard it from justice leadership. It was conveyed to the FBI and Comey made an independent decision to alert the Hill. He is operating independently of the justice department and he knows it. Okay. (laughs) Sounds like there's enough people within the justice department or the FBI that can vouch that this guy's doing his own thing and kind of acting uh, in violation of, of some kind of law, or at least at the very least decorum, it, it seems mental that he would come out and do this. Maybe he doesn't want the job anymore. I, I, I don't know. I, I just can't think of a reason other why he would than do this. he doesn't want Hillary to be. Pre- I mean, what other reason? I mean, you don't have to, you know, it's Occam's razor. It's like clearly that's if he, by saying it, he knows it's going to damage one candidate and that cabinet 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 candidate is Hillary. Uh, then do you, other than whatever, you know, other information coming out, that's the conclusion. He wanted to damage Hillary. That's what he Man. did. Man. Yeah. Well, and he did a good job with it. Uh, I'm speechless. I this. 
Wow. You know, the people out there really must hate her with a passion. It must be like... Hey, man. Uh, unquivocal. You know, look, if you put Trump in a... Let's put it... Let's let's look at it this way. Let's break it down. Trump becomes president. Okay. Trump has already talked about limiting press freedom. He's talked about restoring, restoring law and order, being the candidate that, you know, will obviously be much more militaristic, both domestically and, and, and around the globe. What agencies within the government benefit or grow or gain more power under a Trump presidency. The FBI probably right <laughs> to do the law and order organizations. Yeah. So you take it to that level. You know what I mean? Okay. I get to be the director now of a much more powerful agency when Trump becomes president, you know, or, or right. Or he just doesn't like Hillary Clinton. He doesn't trust Hillary Clinton. Okay. So he's setting himself up to be the head honcho in a police state. <laughs> maybe yeah i mean that's pretty well said joe yeah possibly or or he's a buffoon you know what i mean he just did this by accident or or he didn't really think about it the problem is that the democrats have found themselves in is that when he comes out and says you know no charges are being brought against hillary because of the emails they go oh great job comey acted objectively made the right choice now he does this now he's incompetent he's unqualified so you can't have it both ways but that is the situation that where we find ourselves in. So I don't know. We're just going to have to see how it plays out. Now, 538.com. All right. I trust Nate Silver. I'm putting my faith in Nate Silver. If he tells me this is going to be the outcome of the election, I'm believing him that this is going to be the outcome of the election. So just for the record, this is the last time you're going to say 538 and a bunch of numbers at me. Nah, we got Senate races. We got a lot of shit going Damn on. It. But, uh, but this is the last time I'm going to say it as far as the 2016 update is concerned, because by the time... We talked to the Samsonites. We're going to have a president. Yeah, somebody will be the president-elect. According to the 538 Nowcast, Hillary Clinton has a 67.2% chance of becoming president. Wait, whereas, what? How, what? Whereas Donald Trump is at 32.7. Yeah. She the, was at 80. The numbers shifted dramatically. That's the Nowcast right now, Matt. What is it? Good. Uh, now it's at 64.1. Okay. So, so that's 20, 20 points. Night, well... Yeah, it's 20 and points. What was the thing that happened between the last time we talked and now that could have shifted those poll numbers? Uh, emails, but 20 points? Well, well, it's percentage chance. Yeah, that's, so, that's not polling points. That's Yeah, it's chances of winning. So I still take a 60. Still, 20% chance, is, that's a lot. That's but a fifth. It, it, it means that it's affected the votes in Florida and Ohio enough that they are really up more in play than before. Right. Wow. Right. But I still take a 64% chance that Hillary's going to be the president. You have to take it. What are you going to do? Yeah. These are the numbers that concern me. And I still, I understand the electoral map, uh, you know, is, is a tricky business and that it doesn't matter necessarily if you're losing these swing states or whatever, but historically Ohio, Florida, they're barometers. And what concerns me is that what? before we do this, I, you, can you believe that? I set it up so nicely. And then he's like, yeah, let me just knock your glass off the tray. Real yeah, quick. Uh, yeah. What? Can I call out a state and you tell me uh, how how it's doing or no? Are you on 538 over there? Yeah. What's, uh, what Good, you Joe. You want to? Well, no, but can I just do what I was going to okay, do? Okay, do what you we'll were going to do. It? Fine. Colorado. God, go ahead. Go. He's like a cat. He's just like- <laughs> he is like a cat just batting yarn. Yes. Uh, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, 67.5% chance of winning Ohio. Now, Ohio, Republicans don't win the presidency without Ohio. Democrats basically don't, although Bill Clinton did, I believe. 
Florida, Trump is at 51.3% chance of winning Florida. Oh, my God. North Carolina, Trump is at 50.8% chance of winning that state. Colorado, which to me is going to be... Florida is the tipping point state. Florida is at an 18% chance of being the tipping point state. But Colorado is a state that Trump desperately needs if he's going to become the president. Hillary has a 73% chance of winning Colorado. Oh, okay. Well, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Let's just, yep. Let's 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 breathe, stay home. We got it. Relief. Yeah, I, let's I don't know. Stay home, man. guys. Um, October surprises, which is what we'll call this Comey thing. Okay. Nate Silver had an article about it. Typically, move polls no more than two points in either direction. Okay. Um, well, that's not what happened there. No, again, Joe, you're confusing percentage chance of winning with like poll numbers. Poll numbers. Totally different. We don't deal in poll numbers. We don't need to deal in poll numbers. This percentage chance of winning factors in all those poll numbers. Okay. So that's why I go by that. The national polls, all the shit. I wouldn't worry about that as much as I would go to 538 and look at the percentage chances because he's taking all the polls, weighting them according to a certain rubric that he has, and he runs those numbers thousands of times. And the most likely outcome of the entire presidential election is that Hillary Clinton has a 60, you know, 64% of the time she becomes the president. It's a very complex mathematical algorithm that I couldn't even begin to understand. He's no. And even when he explains it, I I go on there and I read like he has a chat with like different people, you know, that work at five thirty eight, and they discuss different numbers. And it's like, Oh my God, I don't understand what he's doing, but it's it works in my experience. It works. It works. So that's what I'm going to go with it until it, it, lets me down popular vote totals that we're looking at now this is maybe where you're getting confused and maybe other people that are listening to the podcast are getting confused she has a 64 percent chance of winning but the popular vote is only going to be 48 to 45 mm. hillary you know what i mean so that's what you're talking about when the polls only get affected by two points or whatever right she was maybe closer to 50 earlier and now she's at 48 so look for the popular vote to be 48% to Hillary, 45 to Trump. Electoral College, 294 Hillary, 242 to Trump. So that's what we're looking at. And again, Florida has an 18% chance of being that tipping point state, the state that puts one of the candidates over the 270, 269 threshold. So, so what I'm looking at uh, also on 530 is just it seems that the votes aren't really coming away from Hillary. She's always had like 48 to 49% of the votes. It's more like Gary Johnson's numbers are going down and... Uh, they're going to Trump thinking, yeah. oh, they don't want Hillary. Right. And so that factors into the October surprise thing where that the Comey emails, while obviously they've had some impact, they might not be the thing that is impacting everything. It might be we're getting down to crunch time and people are like, I'm not going to vote for fucking goofy Gary Johnson. I'm going to vote for Trump. That's the thing. You know what I mean? But those were people all along. And that's what I've been saying. There's no real independence in this country. The, the undecided voter, they're, they're the worst people. They're, they don't exist. The, pretty much if you're undecided or independent, you're voting Republican. Hillary, like you're saying, her numbers have stayed 48, between 47 mm-hmm. and 49, 50. You know, she's been in that range the entire time. She's not losing or gaining. Trump might gain a little bit as we get closer to Tuesday because, you know, there really aren't any people that are going to be independents or undecided. They, they already know who they're voting for. Well, and there, I mean, there's also like, we, I've been thinking of like independence and undecided as like deciding between Trump and Hillary, whereas it could be more people like you who's like on the fence about one of the fringe candidates. Right. And then it's whether you vote for Gary Johnson or Trump. And it's that's a more of an understandable comparison for me is like how you could be undecided. Sure. And but but and that's the thing. But right. But I but I don't think at a certain point you're undecided. Like I you know, we're going to get into it in a minute. Your, but your opinion changes when new facts come out. 
Yeah, I, but that's the thing. I don't think yeah. there's that. Right. There's that's, not that's many deci- people doing decided, it. but willing to accept the facts. Right. All right. So tell me about your crisis, boy. So who to vote for, right? Because uh-huh. we're not going to talk again, Samsonites, and we're, you know, before this happens on Tuesday. It's going to be a goddamn it, a crushing evening. Uh, hopefully not. So I was thinking, who, who am I going to vote for? I've been talking uh-huh. about Jill Stein this whole time. I can't. I can't. I, I, I vote New York. Hillary's going to win New York. Do we have the 538% chance of Hillary winning New York? Let's get the final one. 99.8. Okay, so I, <laughs> so I feel fine about that. I don't feel obligated to vote for her. I, clear <laughs> conscience, I can vote for whoever I want. Okay. Saying I'm going to vote for Jill Stein. I read an article about Jill Stein this week. Upsets me. Jill Stein, who's run against big polluters, mm-hmm. run against big corporations, mm-hmm. who's running against... Everything that the the corporate elite represent, okay, yes. which is the reason why I support her, and she's you know for publicly financed campaigns, all this stuff. Jill Stein is heavily invested in mutual or index funds, which are highly diversified portfolios with consistent returns. You don't have to invest in this, but Jill Stein and her husband apparently have millions of dollars, three to eight million dollars, according to the article that I was reading. They don't have to invest in this, but these mutual or index funds tend to have a better yield and they're much more consistent with what they do. Basically you put your money in these things. They're highly diversified portfolios. So they're, they're invested in hundreds of different companies, but it's different than investing in just like a single stock of like Kodak or whatever Mm -hmm. you put it in there, it gets invested and you get a, a higher return. Now you don't get to pick what the money goes to in these accounts. You just trust somebody that knows what they're doing to invest in certain, uh, industries but you do certainly get to pick to be in one of these mutual funds to begin with. These investments mm-hmm. are in Exxon, Chevron, JP Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Merck, Pfizer, Philip Morris, Raytheon. That's what Jill Stein, the person who's against all these things. That's where she's got her money invested in these mutual funds that invest into companies that she would have to be against as president if we're to believe any of the stuff that she's campaigned on. So that's bothersome to me. I have a Stein campaign statement. Like many Americans who hold retirement accounts, pension funds, or who invest in the American economy, my finances are largely held in index or mutual funds over which I have no control in management or decision-making. Sadly, most of these broad investments are as compromised as the American economy, degraded as as it is by the uh, fossil fuel defense and finance industries. Well, that's true, and that's fine. I understand that she's not picking to invest in Exxon, Uh but she's picking to invest in mutual funds that invest in them. And she was asked, you know, there's green mutual funds and like green uh, investments. Yeah, but if they fail, she loses her money. Well, no, and she said, well, she said, you know, they're invested in shit that's still questionable as well. So it's not like it's much better, but right. But you don't have to invest in this shit. You don't have to make a gigantic return. You're a millionaire who's supposedly against all this shit. You're compromising yourself by doing this. I don't necessarily accept that argument that like, well, what are you going to do? I had to invest in a mutual. No, you didn't. So you tell me that you're going to vote for somebody who compromises their own values. Well, here's the question. Mm -hmm. Now, does this mean that Jill Stein, first of all, let's fucking be honest. Mm -hmm. Jill Stein's not going to win, right? So my vote for her is more of a symbolic thing. I appreciate the policy platform that she's running on. Do I necessarily think that Jill Stein 
could execute the office of the presidency? I don't know. But she's not actually going to be. So it's really just an issue of, I support that platform. I'd like to see that platform get funded better and, you know, more in the future. So a vote for that if they get over a certain threshold, 3% or whatever, they get federal funding and blah, blah, blah. So fine. So that's what I get. Okay. So that's where my thought process was. But yeah, it's fucking disappointing that even goddamn Jill Stein, sweet old Jill Stein, she's invested in, in the very shit that she's against. It's very frustrating. Now, there's also a campaign to write Bernie. Because I read this and I go, well, what the fuck? Now, should I just vote for Bernie? Should I just write Bernie in? Yeah, write Bernie in. Don't do that. Okay? I thought about it. Uh-huh. But that's right. He's not running. He's not there. He didn't make it. Bernie's not running. So stop doing that. Don't do that. Bernie's not running. And you you got to vote for somebody who's on the ballot. But Bernie himself would tell you, don't write his name in. Yeah. Like, Bernie, he would actively tell you, don't do that, please. Absolutely. He, like, he, like, he knows what he stood for, but he has endorsed Hillary at this point. Yeah. So, like, if you support Hillary, or if you support Bernie, don't write his name in. Choose someone who's on the, on the ballot. A hundred percent. He doesn't want that. So then I said, so okay, so now it's like Jill Stein's compromised. Mm-hmm. Can't vote for Hillary because I don't have to. Maybe if I live in Ohio, maybe I'd think about it. Trump, I'm obviously not going to vote for. Not going to write Bernie in. What's the other option? Because I think we talked about this. I got to believe we talked about this at the beginning of this whole process. You know what the real protest vote is? Don't vote. Oh, so that crossed no. my mind. Well, so that crossed my mind as well. Because, no, don't say, no, no. Ugh. The real reality of the thing is, no matter who you're going to vote for in this thing, it's really a vote for the system itself. You're participating in the system. Voting is a right. You keep a right, no matter you you want to execute exercise it or not, you still have that right. That's what a right is. It's not a privilege. It's whatever. It's a right. You don't have to do it. I'm not going to lose it by not using it. Okay? You can choose not to be a part of a system that doesn't represent you. That is a valid option. And, and you know what? God bless you if you don't want to go and vote in this thing. I fe- I would feel uncomfortable not doing it, but I completely understand that argument. And I can make an argument for, hey, everyone, let's not vote. If voter turnout was like, you know, a couple thousand people that voted, think about that. Think about the message that would send to the, the Republican, powers that people. The Republican Party would control everything is what would happen. Well, but then that's the thing. You're not going to get, okay, right. You're <laughs> not going to get everybody not to so, vote. So I'm, I'm going to make one strong point on this one that sure like if your if your vote, uh, choice is to not vote for hillary or donald and avoid that right still go and vote for the under for the other elect other things on the ballot it's still very important to like uh, absolutely there's other there's the ballot president, initiatives yeah, the that ballot initiatives yeah. vote for your congressman senator yep. because at the end of the day you like if the presidential election already decided in the state of new york that's yes so that's not gonna have a, have a difference but it we need like if you want to have con- make your decision in Congress, like those are very still very important things well, that get overlooked in this cycle. One hundred percent, and that those are the things that are actually going to have day to day more of an impact on your life. Well, great point, absolutely right. I mean, obviously, yes, we're talking specifically about the presidential thing here, and that's that's what we've been focusing well, on. Like, right, I, I, but there's I, I, other stuff on the ballot, dude. They're trying to legalize weed in California. You better fucking get out there and vote for that shit. <laughs> All right, so it's Tuesday, October eighth. Nope. No. <laughs> no. When that day comes. November 8th? Yes, November 8th. <laughs> uh-huh. When November 8th comes. Yeah. Does Chris Flannery even leave his apartment? Yeah. Well, I have to come to work. But yeah, I'm going to vote for uh I'm going to vote for Jill Stein. I mean, I did I did come back to it cuz it's like 
the funding aspect. Jill Stein's not going to be around forever. The Green Party will be, you know, okay. I'm not going to let, I mean, I, I don't think, let perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. If you hold off a perfect in politics, you'll never, ha- you'll never be happy. You'll never vote. You got to, right. you got to vote for your better representation. Yeah. So I'm going to vote for Jill Stein. I, again, I support much more of that, that policy. Gr- uh, climate change is a focal point of that. I, I don't really think climate change has been talked about in months. Like <laughs> nobody talks about it. So, Okay, I'm gonna end up voting for Jill Stein, but that was the thought process that I had this week, where I was like, "God damn it, man!" Uh, you know, I'd love to get to a point where we could just get everybody to be like, "Yeah, we're not gonna participate in this system until you fix it." But forget it. Being able to explain to people how to do that, and it's, it's and now, the then the people who are against that are the ones who end up winning. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Joe, you, you want to talk about who you're gonna vote for? It's very simple. I would be voting for the first. Woman president. Okay, great. I mean, I'm glad you said I mean, that. Chris could be too, as well. Oh, well, you think I'm going to lie? No, no. Chris could be voting for Jill Stein. Could oh, be absolutely. The first woman yeah, president. yeah. I'm voting. Right. Yes. Good point. Yeah, I'm voting for the for a female presidential candidate too. So, right. So you can't even pin that on me. It's not like, oh, I wouldn't vote for a woman. No, I am voting for a woman. I just I did last time. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. So you are going to vote for Hillary now. Mm-hmm. I like that because, I mean. God willing. And I ex- I accept all the responsibilities yeah. that come with that vote. Right. And that's the important thing. That's all I want you to do. If you want to be responsible for Donald Trump, Godspeed. Go vote for Donald Trump. But rest assured, you ha- you are going to be the one that's going to have to answer for that. I don't have to answer for Hillary. We'll see. If Hillary does a phenomenal job, if she becomes president in her first term. If Trump does a phenomenal job, I'm willing to eat crow. I don't care. If Trump gets in there and it's like, we did... All we needed was a businessman, and that worked. Great. Then fine. Maybe I'll consider voting for Trump again. I'm, I'm not married to either, you know, any party in particular, but I do have a certain set of ideologies that I, you know, need to be uh, honored in order for me to actually be responsible for one of these. In people. a sick and sadistic way, I want to feed you a crow. All right. Good luck catching a crow. I could do it. Matt, you want to talk about who you can vote for? Or what's going well, on? Well, first of all, I think Chris could just, uh, Joey could just get, just get a dead crow off the street somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And feed that to you. Go to a wheat field. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe scare one to death. Yeah. Dress well, scarecrow. it's October 8th, so you can just wait for Halloween to come <laughs> and then you can get a crow. We all know what I meant. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I support Bernie in the primaries. Yeah. I'm, I will be voting for Hillary. Okay. It's, I think I'm taking a pragmatic, pragmatic approach to this. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, that's fine. Uh, I'm not shocked by any of that. I, I you know, nobody I figured was going to vote for Trump in here and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I do have one last point in this final 2016 update. It will end on sort of a humorous note. Finally, 55 year old Iowan Terry wrote was arrested last week on first degree misconduct charges after she cast two ballots in the presidential <laughs> election, she was released on $5,000 bond saying, I wasn't planning on doing it. I got to imagine she sounds like, I wasn't planning on doing it twice. It was spur of the moment. The polls are rigged. Uh, who did she vote for? Trump. Yeah. Twice. For Trump twice. Yeah. <laughs> so in all the talk of the rigged election and this voter fraud, the only first and only person <laughs> to be arrested during this campaign, Terry wrote from Iowa voting for Donald Trump. I'm just hoping you get a bunch of comments from like uh, Iowan voters, just like that's not what we sound like. That's Indiana. That's- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't sound like that. Uh, all right, that's fine. I'm sure you don't, but you know, I don't leave New Jersey a lot, so actually uh, in New York. But you got my point. Uh, all right. Whew. 
What do you think, man? Next uh, next time. So we're going to have a pretty good episode, I think. Well, it's going to be amazing. Reaction. I mean, it's just that's that episode does, works itself. That should be great. It's, it's, I, it's, I think we know by 10 p.m. who the president is. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I think it should be pretty. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be looking at a hanging Chad situation or, or a late night. I think we should pretty much know early on. Um, yeah. So does he give the concession speech? If he doesn't I mean, physically give the speech, does that mean he doesn't concede? Well, it doesn't matter whether he concedes or not. He doesn't have to concede. But yeah, I mean, he, he'll he give a speech, yeah. Yeah, I think he'll give a speech. You want to bet on that? I mean, if he doesn't give a, like if he, if he gives a speech not conceding, what's he going to do? Like, oh, I'm going to take this court? Okay, you're not going to get anywhere. It's like, unless you plan on violently overthrowing things, he'll, like the winner of the election is going to be the winner of the election. Right. So like, he can not concede all he wants. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't put anything past the guy, but right. I mean, the question really is, yeah, exactly. The, the question is, though, does he go on TV in front of a podium with his supporters and go, he announces a network star. I called star. Hillary Clinton. I congratulate her. You know, does he do that whole thing? I don't know. I don't know. No, the network, uh, who knows, dude? Who knows what this guy actually wants? I have no idea. We'll see. He's got to be exhausting. This is crazy. You know, and then to lose, it's like. I don't know, man. He doesn't. And then you like, would have to admit he lost. Yeah, he's not a graceful loser. I got to imagine. Oh, he shit. hasn't proven to be that so far in anything. He's he's failed at or lost that. You know, it's I never can't wait fault. for next week. <laughs> yeah, I could. I would love for time to just slow down a little bit. I could wait till next week. It's okay. Um, it's been eighty-one days since Colin Kaepernick began his national anthem protest. You can follow this podcast on iTunes. It's the mandatory Samson podcast. You can subscribe. Rate us, leave a comment. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. You can go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can comment on this episode as you can with all the other episodes. I respond, you know, reasonably, uh, you know, within a couple of weeks uh, of the episode coming out to your comments. Have a nice conversation on there. You can email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com. We will respond to your, e- I will respond to all the emails, but if they're particularly relevant or uh, interesting or whatever it is, we'll read them on the podcast. Social media. I'm at Mansamp, M-A-N-S-A-M-P. It's Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever the fuck. Joey, what's your social media? I'm hit? Joey from Josie with a Z. On everything. On everything. Except for Instagram, which you did a little weird. Yeah. Matt, you uh, want to put your shit out there? I actually don't have... I'm a, a terrible millennial. I don't have any social media besides wow. like Facebook. All it's right. Like so how do people get at you? Well, I wouldn't give people your Facebook. That's fine. I'm you, not going... I probably should like get on that at some create point. Create a Twitter, man. Probably should. Create a Twitter. We'll, we'll announce it next week. Okay? So stick <laughs> around. Yeah. Big announcement <laughs> next week. New president, new Twitter handle for Matt. Uh, we'll talk to you all, Samsonites. We love you. Be safe. Go vote if you want. If you don't want to vote, I'm still going to love you. I don't care. You do what you got to do. We'll talk to you all next week. The first mandatory Samson podcast with a brand new president-elect. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by Digital Media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out.